Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, that managing editor at FightfulWrestling.com. Go over there, get all of your wrestling news. We have a great news team. Joe Holbert doing live co- coverage, Ryan Cook doing live coverage, uh, myself tonight bringing you features, exclusives podcast lots more and then we got andrew thompson and jeremy lambert on top of that news beat better than anybody no two line stories we give you stuff with good substance so go over there and support our independent coverage of pro wrestling if you want some more uh we cover non-wwe stuff on the weekender podcast with steven jensen every weekend on fightfulselect.com we have that 205 live nxt uk review with warren hayes i do a show on fightful select every week as well we have retro reviews So if you like this show, you like what we do at Fightful, and you say, you know what, I want to support them, and I'm not clicking on those damn ads, just head over to FightfulSelect.com. They probably have something over there that you're going to like, news, early access to stuff, interviews, archived interviews, just lots of stuff. But we got Ring of Honor 17th anniversary to talk about right now. This was a show, somewhat notable. We'll talk about it. It seemed a lot longer than what it actually was. It was about a three and a half hour show. Thought like felt like it was going to go four hours. Two matches ended up being canceled because one match went an hour. But let, let's go ahead and get into it. We started off with Marty Skrull defeating Kenny King. Kenny King brings out a mock Marty Skrull to get in the villain's head. Skrull promptly super kicks him. Uh, King is on fire early with a blockbuster and a blue thunder bomb, but man. Crowd wasn't into this one. Um, I have my qualms with Samstown Live in the past, and boy, I think it's one of the all-time worst crowds. But that was not the case tonight. They were really good tonight, and uh, <clears throat> I got to put it over because I mean, got to remember sometimes they tape upwards of a month of TV uh, at this crowd that always gets a Ring of Honor anniversary pay per view before it, so. It's never a hot crowd, but tonight it was their first night, and they did pretty well, but not for this match, man. There's no heat for Kenny King's offense. The crowd just didn't care. Skrull got the crowd up a little bit with the Tornado DDT on the floor. Uh, I really like Kenny King's uh, practical jabs and strikes that he unleashes. 
Um, I didn't expect to see a 619 out of Skrull. That happened. <laughs> uh, TJ Rich in the live chat says, Was there live my first ROH show ever? Walked past Teddy Hart on my way out. Uh, the Eddie Gordo kick from King doesn't work for me. When he leans up on the one hand, it's telegraphed by a mile. Telegraphed is the story of this show. Commentary really brought this show down tonight. And I think the world of Caprice Coleman, and I think that Ian Riccoboni can be a, a really good commentator when he's not kind of busy getting himself over with the references and the Stuff like that, but th- this commentary tonight, I just wasn't a big fan of. King counters graduation with the Royal Flush. Scroll hits Clint King with the umbrella after King tried to use the chair. The refereeing got buried on this show, too. Referees just staring right at very obvious rule-breaking DQ situations or just missing out on stuff, man. There, there, there were a lot of problems with this show. There was a lot of good on this show too. Uh, but Skrull forgot to throw the umbrella out, and they kind of had to cover for it. This wasn't too hot, man. Skrull moves on to the Garden. Ring of Honor World TV Championship. This was the must-watch match. It is super weird to see Shane Taylor just slaughter people because he is the most kind soft-spoken person I've ever interviewed like if you ever go back and listen to my shoot interviews with Shane Taylor man he's he's a very a gentle man and that does not translate to the ring because he slaughters people he took all of Cobb's best shots and delivered them right back I thought this was match of the night couple of uh, sirloin beef sons of bitches in this one, bringing back the Haas battles that we knew and loved from a couple years ago when, when I thought that Haas battling was at its, at its mecca, at its peak. These two guys bringing it back, it was really, really good. A couple of Cobb suplexes leads to Taylor countering with a pounce. Cobb practically beats Taylor out of the ring but gets slammed on the apron. Taylor does like a half cannonball off the apron that didn't look too hot and missed one in the ring, but the beef was swinging. They were slugging it out. One of my favorite spots of this match. I am a sucker for suplexes, man. Cobb hits this delayed pump handle T-bone suplex where he just holds Taylor up there. Huh? He just held Taylor up there. I could not believe that. That was amazing. They swing at it again. Cobb knocks himself out of the ring after he clotheslined Taylor. Cobb does a press slam uh, on Taylor off the top of the rope, but that and a standing moonsault wasn't enough. Taylor couldn't get the win with a spine buster, a urinagi, or a flying splash. Then he follows up with a Canadian destroyer. Now, there's going to be a lot of times when I see a Canadian destroyer. And I'll say, that should have been the finish. I'm okay with this not being the finish. Taylor wasn't going to win, and it fit in this match. There should not have been a Canadian Destroyer later on this show, though. One per night. Now, I'm not uh, some super road agent or some something like that. I'm not a producer, but it decreases the wow factor if I see another one in the night. PCO could have did one. He didn't do one. Didn't need to see one later. A tour of the islands hits, but then Taylor sits up and another one finishes it. You know, I brought up earlier tonight, I'm like, man, Becky Becky Lynch's first opponent after Ronda Rousey should be Shayna Baszler. And I had people say, no, Baszler can't lose. Look at how Shane Taylor lost tonight. 
Shane Taylor look worse? No. He stood up after Tour of the Islands, which pins everybody, first go around. He stood up, had to make another one happen. Fantastic match. A must-see match on this show. The best match on this show, without a doubt. This was excellent. Uh, Ring of Honor has believed in Shane Taylor when a lot of people didn't. And Shane Taylor rewarded them with some loyalty. Just amazing stuff. And Shane Taylor is delivering. That is, They are getting a really, really good return on the Shane Taylor investment. They, they gave Taylor, you know, he, I, I want to say a pretty strong push. Not like unbeatable or anything like that, but, but he's had a pretty strong push, and deservedly so. He's put in the work. He's gotten better in the ring. I mean, keep in mind, this guy used to team with Keith Lee. Could you imagine that team today? Amazing. Now, after the match backstage, Cobb challenges Will Ospreay, and Ring of Honor posted the tweet. I mean, that match is going to happen at the Garden, but I imagine somebody clued in Ring of Honor that Will Ospreay is still in the New Japan Cup. Whoops. They deleted that tweet. Go watch this match. Women of Honor World Championship. Mayu Iwatani defeated Kelly Klein to retain the title. I post my match ratings up with my live coverages, my live blogs, all that stuff. At Tier 2 of Fightful Select, I run those live. And basically, my my match ratings start at a 5 out of 10, and they slide up or down. And I'm very generous. And usually 6 out of 10 is recommended TV viewing. This match... Landed at a 5.75 just because Iwatani and Klein did some spots that just did not make sense, man. And when there's stuff that just flat out doesn't make sense, it's real hard to hit that recommended viewing. But I don't have a doubt that these two women, for all the flack that people give Kelly Klein online, that these two can reach it. Iwatani especially. But Iwatani is Iwatani's guilty of some of this stuff too. Klein comes out with an entourage. Both women adhere to the code of honor now. Rick Abani had talked about how seconds had to be licensed, and all this brings up a good point. Do all four of these people with Kelly Klein have to be licensed? That's the type of stuff I like to hear on commentary. Ask and answer. Klein beat the brakes off of Iwatani early. The size difference was really big here. Uh, Klein had some great cravat knees. I'm a big fan of those. Uh, Klein grounded Iwatani, and there were these really good strikes where I, I don't know how to put this in – not a crude manner, but in catch wrestling, we call it the teabag position. The crotch is right on top of their head. Uh, you can set up a double wrist lock from there. It's usually when they're face down, but Iwatani was face up. No double wrist lock applied, but Kelly Klein's like that, and she's throwing strikes to the body. You don't see that in wrestling a lot. I love that. I love that Kelly Klein was stepping out and doing something that was just a little bit different. Iwatani finally gets a Northern Light suplex and a double foot stomp. Her strikes were on point. But when Iwatani, you look at her next to Kelly Klein, and she's doing the, yeah, come on, punch me thing. That's so stupid. That's so stupid. And it proved to be stupid in kayfabe because she got decked by Kelly Klein. I hate the spot, but if she's going to do the spot, needs to end like that because Kelly Klein is way bigger. And there's a lot of times that I'm going to say, 
you know, size doesn't matter that much in some of these aspects, but when, when it's that, you got to make sense of it. So if this was a way for Iwatani to be like, all right, I'm going to learn from that spot from a character standpoint, and I won't be doing that anymore, then, then that's fine. I like that. It's a learning experience. It kind of cancels out a trope of pro wrestling, and it needed to because I hate that one. And I'm a victim of it myself, man. When I, when I used to work matches, and I mean, I still do here and there, but I don't do this anymore. I'd do that here and there. And then I thought, man, why would I? Why would I offer a punch up to anybody if I'm wanting to go the realistic route, knowing that all it takes is one elbow, all it takes is one forearm, all it takes is one punch, and you're out? Well, Iwatani was almost out after she took a German suplex on her head. This is right after Iwatani had done one to Klein and didn't hold the bridge. But Klein obviously thought that she was going to hold the bridge and held it. It was so weird looking, but Iwatani landed on her head. Don't know how she's not paralyzed. There's a picture of it on my Twitter. But Iwatani gets right back up and does a moonsault. I would have maybe sold that one a little bit more. She gets turned inside out by a clothesline and wins with a small package. Klein can't believe it. There were some miscommunications on some spots here that just didn't quite make sense. These two have pretty good chemistry, though. What we were supposed to see next was lifeblood against the kingdom. Now, I really wish New Japan would have just been like, all right, Juice, you're out of the New Japan Cup. Go on over and work Ring of Honor for the weekend. We'll get you back next week. Ring of Honor really needed Juice Robinson on this show. Because they had Jay Lethal and Matt Taven go an hour. They did not need to go an hour. Was the match good? Yes, I think it was. Now, we're going to spend a lot of time on this. But Juice Robinson is very important to Ring of Honor right now. And because New Japan wouldn't let him come over for this weekend, even though he was already out of the New Japan tournament, Juice is off competitive TV for New Japan for, what, a month and a half? How can you have that man? He's an important part of the show. Let him be that. Let Juice Robinson, if you're New Japan, you want your investment, your long-term investment of Juice Robinson to be way more over in the States. That way, anytime you come over here, he's more valuable. So what do you want to do? You want him on North American pay-per-view. You want him on North American syndication and on the web. There's no reason for anybody to not watch the Ring of Honor show if they want to watch it. It's on their website every week. So you need a, you need to send Juice Robinson over after he's out of the New Japan Cup to be on this show, to be on the stable that was put over so hard on Ring of Honor TV. So weird. Do you need Juice Robinson, New Japan? Well, let me let me make sure. Let me see who he worked. Because I know it wasn't that important. Because none of their none of these matches usually are. All right, here we go. Juice got beat by Chase Owens in the first round of the New Japan Cup, and it was over a week ago. But they had to have him this past weekend work Bullet Club in matches with Hanma. You just had to have him for that Fale, Hikaleo, and Taiji Ishimori match, right? 
And that was three days ago. He could have got on the flight after that. Had to have him to face chaos, I guess. Man, I, I just, I look at that and I'm like, all right, you all, you all are making this North American expansion. Not only that, <laughs> Ring of Honor put him in a prime position. Send him over. Send him over, man. Okay, so uh, with that rant being over, Matt Taven comes out and says he's not waiting anymore. He wants a world title match right now. I like that. I think that makes sense. That is in tune with Taven's character. Now, here's my thing. Matt Taven is a pretty good wrestler. He can go in the ring, man. You will never hear me say that Matt Taven can't go in the ring. But that character is not one I have ever been able to get behind. His gear always looks like he borrowed something from somebody else's closet. This one, AJ Styles, he looked like he borrowed out of Kenny Omega's closet for a while. Like He always looks like he raided somebody else's wardrobe. Not only that, it's real hard for me to get behind a conspiracy storyline when Matt Taven and Kingdom and all iterations of the Kingdom have been atop or near the top of the Ring of Honor card for, God, how long? Kingdom debuted five, four and a half, five years ago. And this has been Matt Taven's kingdom for two and a half years. I'm supposed to believe there's a kingdom conspiracy? All right. So he wants his world title match now, and Jay Lethal says, all right, here we go. Good. Honestly, I thought that this Samtown crowd would be taking a nap by the time that this went on at the end of the night. Taven opens with a nice suplex, countered the lethal injection with a nice back roll where he leans down and flips lethal out. Now, later on in the match, Riccoboni and Coleman were saying, oh, lethal has to hit that springboard and then it's over. Why? Tell me why it makes more sense for lethal to hit a springboard into a cutter. From a physics standpoint, When you grab a cutter, you're dropping a person face first. When you do a springboard, your weight is going backwards into the person, pushing them the opposite direction. It doesn't make sense. By the way, check out my interview with Matt Taven and Jay Lethal on Fightful.com now. Taven landed a nice wheel kick. Lethal sold the uh, shoulder heavily. This was just for storyline purposes. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. There were some people in the fight chat that was that were worked on this. Taven was laying in his strikes, man. You can tell he had something to prove. Another really weird spot where Lethal had a submission on. Uh, he had the the legs figure forward, face down, and had his own shoulders down. And Caprice Coleman, when when Nick Aldis brought this up, Caprice Coleman goes. Oh, Matt Taven didn't have control. And I think if he had control, Todd Sinclair would have counted the pin. Mate, that ain't it. This is wrestling. The whole goal is to get the person's shoulders on the mat. Doesn't matter how you do it. Doesn't matter who's doing it to who. 
Perfect example. Shawn Michaels, British Bulldog. Shawn Michaels did a German suplex to the British Bulldog. His shoulders were down. He got counted out. Okay. Has nothing to do with who is in control. Not if you're a good ref, it doesn't. You you should not have made an excuse for that. Bury the ref if the ref sucks for real. I mean, it... A lot of times the refs don't have a chance and they're put in these positions where they look dumb, but Todd Sinclair should have been counting the pinfall there. Lethal gets a couple of suicide dives. I wonder how much sense that makes in a situation like this. Uh, Taven works over uh, the shoulder with a single arm DDT, an arm bar, and uh, a rings of Saturn. We're over 20 minutes in. Lethal is about to hit Hail to the King, but Vinny's balloons distract him. This match didn't need this. It did not need all the smoke and mirrors. But he gets hit by a bat while TK distracts the ref. Gresham tries to make the save and gets beaten down. So he's taken out of his match later on in the night with Silas Young. Match canceled. I'm sitting here wondering, why is Todd Sinclair even there at this point? Not counting pins, not doing DQs, nothing. Kingdom grab a table and say, let's put him away for good. And I'm thinking, has has a table ever ended anybody's career? Either way, Lifeblood makes the save. Amid all the shenanigans, Taven punches Lethal in the balls and can't get the win after the climax. The last 30 minutes of this match were so much better than the first 30. The first 30 were just... They were okay. The shenanigans with Kingdom and Lifeblood, Aggression, I, I wasn't a fan of. This match really didn't need it. It should have been Taven and Lethal out there dealing, if that's what they were going to do. <clears throat> Frog Splash doesn't work for Taven. He eats knees on the second attempt before walking into a cutter. Then Lethal, who has an injured shoulder, does a torture rack. A torture rack. And then a rolling rack drop on that injured shoulder. Then a Death Valley driver on that injured shoulder. All right, man. Okay. Lethal applies a figure four. And fortunately, these two guys have this Samstown crowd hooked. Now, there are a lot of reasons why I seem particularly jaded. There are spots that don't make sense. There are spots where the ref just wasn't good. There there were shenanigans. There's 60 minutes. Despite the fact that I thought this was a good match, it's 60 minutes. There's going to be a lot that I don't like in there. Also, the fact that they won over this Samstown crowd spoke volumes to me. This is a crowd that, on commentary, they mentioned, oh my God, if this were a DQ, they'd riot. There ain't nothing that Samstown crowd cares about enough to riot. Maybe that bell from the DQ waking them up from their nap, maybe. That's about it. Otherwise, they don't care about anything. And these two guys had Samstown and Las Vegas hooked. That is an incredible testament to these two guys. Commentary did not help out these two. I'm willing to bet that live this match was much better. And I already think it was a good match. Lethal hits Climax and the Lethal Injection. Rickabani and Coleman telegraph the kick out by a mile by saying, oh, it's over, going to the garden. Cut it out, mate. It's not bad. It's a good match. And anybody else who, who tells you, oh, it's so miserable, it was torture. Listen, man, I've been as hard on Matt Taven as anybody. Do not care about that character. Do not care about the kingdom 
faction from a character standpoint. Like them all as wrestlers. But Matt Taven had a real good match tonight. And he had a real good performance over 60 minutes. Uh, he DDT'd Lethal onto the apron with Lethal landing onto his arm. Caprice Coleman, uh, I mean, I just, hmm. <laughs> it's hard to explain, man. They, they really, they talked about how, why Sinclair was or wasn't causing a DQ here. Just say they're giving him a little more leeway, man. Ladder bridged off the ring apron. Lethal misses an elbow drop, goes through that bridge ladder. That was an incredible spot. Incredible spot. Uh, Taven gets caught with a cutter after flying off the top rope. I thought that was the finish. thought they were going home after that. This is awesome chant from the crowd. SBG might as well open up the checkbook for that one. Another lethal injection gets a two count, and the bell rings. It's a draw. Taven and Lethal got the crowd over. They're begging for more. The crowd wants five more minutes. It ain't easy to get an hour-long match over. It's real not easy to get it over after, I don't know, 40 minutes when everybody knows it's going an hour. 50 minutes, real hard to do that. And then to get them saying, oh, not only not only were we into it, we want more of it. Give me more of it. Bravo to Jay Lethal and Matt Taven. Marty Skrull comes out in a suit. He steals the title belt. <laughs> Uh, now this match hit the recommended viewing mark on my, on my ratings. Don't watch the entire match. Watch highlights of it. Got a lot of respect for Matt Taven and Jay Lethal. A lot of respect for those two guys. They went out there. They went an hour. Jay Lethal, the, the, (laughs) the Ric Flair promo rings true. He is a 60 minute man. I don't know about in the bed, but in the ring. Speaking of, I'm not going to name names, but, and keep in mind, Blue Chew is not sponsoring us on this show. Someone sent me a message literally half an hour ago. So, I got some Blue Chew for shits and giggles. Dude, I just fucking laid pipe, bro. Thanks for that. BlueChew.com, code Fightful. I'll give them a nice plug. They're, they're having me do some voiceover stuff for other shows now. Send a little more business their way. Megaran comes out, and poor Megaran, man. He had to come out after that title match that the crowd loved, and I thought his performance was pretty good. I'd never really heard any of his stuff. But Bully Ray comes out and says that he hates rap music, and it sucks. Bully Ray trolls Ran and video games and says he's the only person who knows about the garden and ROH, because this, this is because Megaran performed a song called we're going to the garden or onto the garden whatever it may be fun fact bully ray has wrestled at the garden 25 times so he does so bully ray runs mega ran and his hype man out of the ring (laughs) i loved when mega ran said you know i'd be done if (laughs) you just wouldn't have came out here Uh, the performance would have been over bully ray is a perfect personality for the Ring of Honor audience. Like, his, his promos get over. But he challenged someone. He wouldn't name who they were. You know who you are, and you're afraid of what I'll do to you. I'm challenging you to a New York street fight at MSG. And then he pauses for the CM Punk chance and looks around. 
And then he says, punk. Now, he did it in a way where he definitely wants you all to think it's CM Punk and wants some articles to be written saying CM Punk. The way he can say, I worked them. I worked them. It ain't going to be CM Punk. But hey, good for him. <clears throat> Roosh defeated Bandito. I didn't like this match. It was not for me. Alton Castle's on commentary. Hilarious at times. Um, and was annoying at other times. They started out fast and furious, and they got a little bit ahead of themselves. Bandito did a great 360 body press and a couple of dives. Roosh gets uh, vicious with a couple of stomps and kicks. Canadian Destroyer lands for Bandito, but the work was getting really sloppy. Now, I'll tell you a spot that I hate. If you've ever watched my show for an extended period of time, I always hated the Alberto Del Rio stomp spot where a person had to hold onto the top rope while hanging upside down. Roosh was in between the second and top rope in the ropes, not hung up in a tree of woe, just laying there for a solid 10 seconds while Bandito steadies him, runs across the ring, runs back, gets on the top rope, then does a 450. What, mate? What are you doing? Why'd you hold on, brother? Excuse me, citizen. What's going on here? I don't get it. You hold on to the top rope for 10 seconds? Now, mother of God, man. If it's... I'm talking a real 10 seconds. In pro wrestling, while you're waiting on a spot, that feels like 20, 30. Woof. That one took me out of the match completely. Roosh caught Bandito in midair with a drop kick. Bandito did do a nice hurricane run off the apron, but I was so far detached from this match. Roosh get the bullhorn and won. Nuh-uh. Not great. Spots didn't make sense. When people talk about spot fests for the sake of them happening, this was an example. Both of these are fantastic performers. WWE would love to have Roosh. Love to have him. They'd love to have Bandito, too. But this ain't it, man. Dalton Castle challenges Roosh to a match at MSG, and uh, Roosh accepted. I liked it. (laughs) And... uh, when I see that match, I'm like, all right, cool. Cool. Oh, by the way, remember how uh, I told you that Bully Ray would be like, oh, I got you guys to 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 say CM Punk. He literally sent me a tweet saying, thanks for spending this much time talking about me. I mean, can can I pull this up? I, he literally reinforced my point. Very clearly. Mother of God. Hmm. Man, wouldn't write the article about him so he had to hunt down a tweet. Woof. 
Woof. <laughs> so the Dalton Castle Roosh match is on at Madison Square Garden. Good. Main event time. Gresham, Silas Young not happening. Lifeblood versus Kingdom isn't happening. Silas Young is on commentary. He took away from this match, and I usually really, really enjoy him on uh, commentary, and we do great interviews with him and all that. This just wasn't wasn't it. But uh, Villain Enterprises defeated the Briscoes to win the titles. This fell right under recommended viewing to me. It was... The highlights would be very good. There you go. Chairs are thrown in the ring. Jay Briscoe flips outside on a Brody. PCO does a Michinoku driver off the apron through a table on Mark. Brody charges PCO up by chopping him. So he's got his own partner in the corner. And just starts chopping him. And this gets PCO pumped up. I love that. PCO is a good character in a company that doesn't have a ton of characters. They, they've got Dalton Castle. They have Silas Young. Uh, they got Bully Ray. Bully Ray's a fantastic character. But aren't he- the Briscoes are great characters, but not heavy on the characters. Brody King does an insane Death Valley driver through a table in the corner. Jay accidentally hits Mark with a kendo stick. Jay is busted open bad. Briscoe's back body drop PCO on the apron. Brody gets blockbustered through a table at ringside. Jay Driller gets kicked out of by Brody. I remember I didn't get kicked out of, of it all. Ian telegraphed the kick out again. PCO's busted open big time. Eats cane shots. Breaks it over his knee and then gets stabbed in the head with it. Yeah. Arguably uh, two of the best spots of the match. That back body drop on the PCO on the apron. Filthy. And then I think it's Mark Briscoe gets heaved from the top rope onto a bunch of chairs at ringside. Amazing. Whew. PCO wins it with a moonsault. What I found weird was Marty Skrull, leader of Villain Enterprises, stole that Ring of Honor title, didn't come out, and uh, didn't come out and celebrate with his boys afterwards. Huh. Little weird. Little weird. I mean, he he's the leader of the group and <laughs> wasn't out there to celebrate with them. Now, I'm not saying that means he's checked out or anything like that because I mean, obviously he's in uh He's in the main event of MSG, or one of the main events of MSG. But it seemed weird. Your your boys win the tag titles. You celebrate with them. A little bit odd. Uh, PCO wrestled in tag team title matches at MSG in 93, 94, 98, and will again in 2019. They're going there to face uh, (laughs) Gorillas of Destiny. For a winner-take-all match, IWGP and ROH Tag Team Championships. Awesome. That That's good for them. I'm happy for PCO. What a career resurgence, man. The power of those Joey Janela Spring Break shows. What a platform those have become. That is just awesome. Uh, this was a solid show. It should have been a three-hour show. 
three and a half hours. We'll deal with it, man. Not bad. Good stuff out of Bully Ray. Good stuff out of uh, Villain Enterprises. Uh, the the Taven Lethal match was was pretty good. Cobb and Taylor stole the show in my estimation. Don't forget, guys. We have uh, the Q and A show this week was free for FightfulSelect.com. So it's on podcast platforms everywhere. The Weekender Podcast, Ring of Honor, NWA, Impact, non-WWE stuff. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. It is the most direct way to support us. Until next time, guys, leave us a thumbs up. Fightful. Subscribe.